Welcome all. The discussion on Chandogya Upanishad continues from what we left in the last Friday's class. Namo Brahmadibhyo, Brahmavidya Sambradaya Kartrabhyo, Vamsharushibhyo, Mahadbhyo, Namo Gurubhya, Vakratunda Mahakaya, Sujakodi Samaprava, Nirvigdam Gurume Deva, Sarvakarishu Sarvada, Shankaram Shankaracharyam, Keshavam Badarayanam, Sutrabashikrida, Vande Bhagavantau Punapunaha, Ishuru Guru Ratmeti, Motibeda Vivagine, Vyomavat Vyapta Dehaya, Dekshinamutaye Namaha. Shanti Mudram of the Supanishad. Om Apyayantu Mamangani Vakprana Chakshutramato Balamindriani Chasarwani Sarvam Brahma Upanishadam Maham Brahmani Rakuryam Mama Brahmani Rakarut Anirakaranam Astu Tadatmani Nirate Ya Upanishad Sudarmaha Te mai santu, te mai santu, om shanti shanti shanti. So in the last class, we had a recap of the 6.2 with specific Sankarabhashya read along with for the purpose of clarity. There we found that, you know, the way in which the Upanishad has mentioned Teja Aishata Bahusyam Prajayeti Tat Tejo Asrachataha Tat Teja Aichata Bahusyam Prajayeti so in all those things, there is a two words which we need to keep it in mind. Aikshata means wish, imagined or visualized. Prajayeti, let me become many. Prajayam, ja means to birth. Praja means prakarshena ja. So that from that, the fire principle or the energy principle was given birth to or it visualized the energy principle and the energy principle visualized the water principle and the water principle visualized and created the food or the what you call the gross principle now the question which we normally get into this is that if the truth is ekam eva adyutiyam is one and without a second, how can there be multiplicity? This is a normal question which we are all face. How does the nirguna become saguna with the multiplicity? So. As if, you know, the nirguna cannot become, saguna is the way in which the question is framed. But they do not 
expect any answer to come from advaitins on this aspect how the nirguna has become the saguna so the prakriya or the methodology for explanation see we have to understand that experiences are appearing to be real for us the world of waking the world of dreams we have experiences and the experiences cannot be denied because it is in the awareness that experiences are known so therefore the experiences are real but there is multiplicity in that experience therefore the multiplicity is what they call it as saguna which cannot have a base from a nirguna which cannot be the basis from where it can appear as many the reason is that if the same substance is appearing as many like for example the gold as a ingot or a bar is appearing as a different or ornaments it the appearance of the ornaments doesn't negate they are constituted of gold same way the earthen things is from the mud from which they are formed so even the the experiences of the ornaments or the experience of the multiplicity of the earthen pots or etc do not negate that oneness of from which they have come this has to be kept in mind always and the appearance of the ornament is dependent on the name and the form attributed to the parent which is the gold in in the bar or in god form so what has changed to give an experience is from the name and the form of the substance same way now when the upanishad is doing the prakriya or the methodology in which the creation is taking place it is talking about tat aikshata bahusyam prajayeti tat means that sat vichvat sadeva saumya idam agrahasi that before everything became as experiential multiplicity that experiential multiplicity before becoming the multiple was in the form of pure existence sat and that sat is what is called the tad and that tad or that sat aikshata visualized or imagined or conceptualized bahusyam prajayeti let me become many then tad tejasurjada that visualized and projected the fire principle so subsequent projections are done by the subsequent created materials like the water principle is created from the visualized by the tejas principle and the water principle visualizes the gross principle the annam what is being told so the question which came was if it is 
why did have to become multiple and how did it become multiple these question why and how are the question from the opponent side which we saw it in the last thing the last class which we saw that that it is not projecting in the sense what we experience in our our transactional life here without losing its principle the the gold never lost its principle or the mud never lost its principle to become a pot or to become an ornament same way this tat or sat when it is appearing as a fire principle or an energy principle it has not become something different it is the same principle today being called by a name and form all type fire or the teja fire principle so the fire principle should be understood as nothing but sat only we are given a name and form for that aspect of it which is there in the sat so before it got the name sat or the, the fire principle as a name and the form the that same thing was all that asat means without the appearances of name and form so name and forms are not there therefore it is asat but asat and sat are not two separate one when it is not with name and form it it is called as asat for the purpose of to negate that it is remaining in the sat as with the name and form no the ornament never remained in the gold with the name and form so you should understand that aspect asataha satjayan ataha tajjayana from the asat that names and forms came so this is how it started now having given rise to these examples upanishad is taking us to the third khanda khanda ever that it is taking the reverse order from the multiplicity how will you see the oneness see unless you know both ends of the you know the issue you cannot make a solution which will be acceptable to both the situations so for making that aspect the multiplicity is now being taken up by the upanishad in the third kanda tesham kalu esham bhutanam trinyeva bijani bhavati bhavanti andajam jeevajam udbijamati in in the in the tesham kalu esham so where does that means in the tesham esham bhutanam in this multiplicity which we are seeing in the world of experiences we can divide the entire creation into three category one is the andajam means born out born from the eggs jeevajam means that which is being produced by things which are seeing to have life principle in them or jeeva 
and then the third variety is the udbijam means which comes when you know by piercing or by splitting either the surface of the earth or the trunk of a tree or you know even from the grains you can see them many of them coming from where we do not see them existing but suddenly their their appearance comes up so that is why it is called udbijam in udbijam means to split and come up they are hidden from the normal vision but they have come up out of idi trini eva bijani bhavanti the whole world of you know life where we can we are experiencing and transacting can be divided into these three now don't get into the details of like you know the people there are tendency to hold on to the words of the upanishad as you know as a non negotiable words but that will only thread us into a a situation where we are not able to go into a logical sequence the reason why i am saying is that these upanishads are made when humanity had only visual sensory or the five sensory organs related inputs they did not have the scientific developments nor the microscope or even atomic microscope or getting into the minute aspects of it nor the telescope or other things so we should give a give them the credit for having thought about without this instrument about the truth even with the instruments today we are unable to think about the truth or even to find out the truth so philosophically only they have done this investigation not in the material way so if they have divided into the world into the three categories it is only for the from the point of point of experience only and here one thing which we have to understand that these three type of categories which is being mentioned is being explained so that when this is resolved in that the one which from where everything the whole world comes up we should be able to appreciate that every object in our transactional life in this world is that only but with the names and forms to arrive at it now the multiplicity of the experiences as the three categories have been mentioned here only that is for the that purpose and we should understand that our experiences in the most of the day to day life apart from the inanimate things like like uh, you know rock and uh, sand trees are udbijam the animals can be either jeevajam or born out of dead by delivery mammals or andajam born out of eggs and so our experiences other than the rock and the, and the water which is there we transact in our world with these objects which are either born out of the three categories now having mentioned that the upanishad goes to the second mantra saying that seyam devata ikshata 
Aham ima tisra devata, I will become these three type of devatas. Here the three devatas are talking about uh, the fire and the water and the food principles. So let me become the three divine principles. These three are not the physical fire, not the physical water, not the physical food he is talking about. There is at the principle level, he has categorized them as energy, liquid and gross, subtle and gross. Let us put it that way. Energy, then there is subtle and the gross aspects. Let me become these three devatas. Anena jivena atmana anupravishya. I will first become a entity called Jeevatma, which is not different from the Paramatma or the Sat, which is the entity. That Jeevatma is the first Anupravesha, is the first place where it is restricting its vastness, omnisciency, omnipotency, etc. into taking form of objects or with the names and forms. So the first entry point is the Jivatma. And then Nama Rupe Vyakaravani. It it act it adopted names and forms and that is the way the Sat visualized it. Let me become a Jivatma which is not different from me and then I'll add that Jeevatma will take the names and forms and become the fire, the water and the food principle. If this is the way in which it has been saying, so Sa Iyam Prakrita Sadakya Teja Apa Anna Eti Devata Uktva Aikshita Ikshitamiti Yada Purvam Bhusyamiti Tadeva Bahubhavanam Prayojanam na Adyabi Nivrutam Ittadaha Iksham Puna Kritavati Bahubhavanamevi Prayojanam Uredi Kritya Katam. How did it Katam? How did it become used utility based many objects? Here we have to understand that. Shankaracharya says that Handa idanim aham ima yadokta teja adya tisro devata anena jivena iti swabuddhistam purvasrishtam anubudam pranadharanam atmanam atmanam eva smaranti aha anena jivena atmana iti so, 
that atma roopam is that where the prana dharanam is being assumed prana dharana karta atmana iti vachana swa atmana avyatirikthena chaitanya swarupataya avishishthena iti etad darshayati that sat which is the life principle as chaitanya satchitananda is that tat even though the word sat is used in the chandogya which whenever the word sat is being used we should understand it is satchitananda as satta is not different from chait sat and chit and chaitanya are the satchit ananda are not separate entities it is one and the same of the being which is the when it is pranadharanam karta when it becomes assumes that jeevatma it is taking the prana roopa prana aradharanam and nama roope vyakaravani vispashtamam karoti it became separate and it is like the fire principle the water principle and the food principle by using the power of prana for the jeevatma the jeevatma and the prana are not two separate entities it is the jeevatma's power to project itself into fire the energy principle the subtle principle and the gross principle is how it is being is being explained by adi shankara here nanu na yuktam idam asamsarina sarvatnyaya devaya buddhipurvakam aneka shata sahastram anarthashrayam deham manuvarshit anupravishya dukham anubhavishyami iti sankalpanam anupravishascha svatashrayam sati the opponent is asking if he is all powerful omniscient omnipotent and all aneka shata sahastram anartha ashrayam deham upavishya he has accepted himself into multiple bodies with the names and forms and dukham anubhavishyami why did he have to take a birth to take the birth to experience sorrows sankalpanam through the imagination he even though he is imagining and becoming the multiplicity and pravesya so shankaracharya rime says that satyameva na yuktam syat actually speaking that will not really become a logical statement yadi svena eva avikrutena rupena anupravishya iyam dukham anubhavayet idi cha sankalpavati na tvamam katam tarhi anena jeevena atmana anupravishya idi vachana anena jeevena atmana anupravishya idi vachana now this this is a important aspect of it having projected the jeevatma and that jeevatma is further projecting the the subsequent ones which are being that so why does the jeevatma project all those things to 
to take bodies of sorrow or limitation and the limitedness when itself is unlimited and you know ananta is the size of any the nature of it so chaya matrena jeeva roopena anupravishta pravishtatva devata na daihika swataha it is only a reflection the jeevatma is not a real separation from that sat the upanishad says that or the acharya shankara explains it as like the sun reflecting in multiple bodies have not has not become the multiple sun which we see in the different reflecting reflected or of bodies whether it is a mirror or a water body or anything which is reflecting the sun is only one and the same so by becoming multiple objects or reflecting at the multiple level has the sun become multiple no adarshadikeshu chaya matrena anupravishta that is why it is appearing that these reflections in the bodies when it is being experienced the defect of the surface of the reflection contaminates the sun the sun or the sunlight by itself has never got contaminated same way the sat when it is chaya matrena when it is reflecting in the in the bodies of the creation in the world the the multiplicity or the dirt dirt or the the shining or the nature of the reflecting object doesn't reflect change the pure nature of the sun same way that sat when it is projecting through the jeevatma into multiple entities it has never getting affected by the by the effect of the individual sahasra you know that is the many multiple which we are saying that so for that acharya is quoting this upanishad vakya from the kata upanishad which we studied suryo yada sarvalokasya chakshur na lipyate chakshushair bahya doshaihi ekastada sarvabhutaandaratma na lipyate loka dukkena bahya which we studied it in the katopanishad first adhyaya third pada and the first mantra itself surya yata sarvalokasya chakshu the sun which is looking and projecting at the the entire world nalipyate is not tainted by chakshushair vahya doshai by the the places where it is reflecting itself the sun is not contaminated the contamination or the good and bad which we see or the quality of the reflecting surface is not of the sun but of the reflecting media same way ekastata even having remained as one only sarvabhutaantaratma 
the one with the jivatma now projecting as multiple antaratma or the individual atmas na lipyate loka dukkena bahya it is not contaminating itself by that see this is now this my example i am i'll tell you for our our understanding when we are in a dream world we have projected in our mind the world of dreams the dreamer and the objects of the dream world are entirely our projection because the waker with the desire which is whichever is the experiences and memory from the waking world is the one which is going into the dream so there is why there is a continuity for certain aspects of the waking in the dream but they are subtle in nature and we are able to negate it when we come back to waking but the entire projection in the world in the dream there is a the good there is a the bad none of them the good and the bad suppose if you have done a murder in the dream or if you have been hit by a car doesn't affect you when you wake up this projection is the way in which we have to now think that that sat when it is projected in the world whether there is a is a saint or a sinner the saintliness saintlyhood and the sinnerhood is not in that that jivatma which is there which is with which it is it is it is experiencing its existence but it is of the nature the instrument through which it is being reflected so namarupati sadatmana eva satyam vikarajam so in the names and forms of the ornament or the pots multiple pots born out of the mud depending upon one is containing oil one is containing rose water one is containing uh, you know excreta doesn't contaminate the mud from which it is the, the what is it contaminated it is holding it but the mud the purity of the mud or the remains the same same way if you look at the water from the water as a principle it can be as white as a snow coming from the glaciers pure form or it can be even carrying all the dirt and you know the dirty water from a gutter water it still is pure in even in that form it is only carrying the dirt along with it you can segregate you can take out the dirt out of that water you will find that it is still available as pure water in that even the gutter but we will not be able to use it because it is contaminated by the presence of the dirt in it same way this is what we have to understand when we see that this projection when it is giving into multiple city it has not gone into become defective or contaminated by the names and forms which it is occupying even in that the pure sat existence and awareness and satchitananda is present in in the pristine stage we are not able to see that and whatever we assume is that 
Dhyayativa, Lela, Dhyayativa is the Brihadarinya Upanishad Seile. The attribution of the instruments or the names and forms onto that pure existence, the transfer of activity is also done that. This is here where that Adhyasa Bhashya of Shankaracharya comes very important for the understanding that Brahma Sutra beginning. Idharetra Adhyasa. The Atma or the Jivatma or the Sat is pure in nature without any Kartrutva, Bhoktrutva, all those doership or any enjoyership. It is the body which has got the kart which is doing the kartrutva, bhaktrutva, and all those things in the presence of the Atma. And therefore, the, the doership and the enjoyership of the body is superimposed on the Atma saying, therefore, you say, I am happy, I am sorrowful, or I know I am I am blind, I am deaf, I am stout, I am lean. All these things is superimposed on the I am, but the I am has no role to play on that. It is the instrument. It is the gutter which is carrying the dirt. The gutter had worth only water was water is allowing the dirt to flow in in it. That's all. So, but that doesn't mean the water has got dirt is contaminated by that. Water still remains as pure only. That is why it evaporates and becomes a cloud again and comes back as a pure rain again. If it had permanently become contaminated, it would and we will we will not be having any more rain in the world, right? Same way we have to understand here. This is the way in which the Sat, even though appears to have become many, it has not been touched by anything which is being perceived. Now, this is the word, the example which was told in the last class, where they said that, you know, one is taking the names and forms, not understanding that names and forms is from the parent thing either mud or the gold or the other example where it doesn't actually become anything separate. The rope has never become the snake. There also the name and form of the snake and the experience of the snake is felt because of the misapprehension of the rope. Same misapprehension is there in the mud when it is in giving in the shape of a pot. The name of pot and the shape of the pot is the reason why we have the potness in our experience, not the mudness. For for the even though I'm using not the right language, the way in which English should be used, but for understanding, I am using these terminologies. The potness is felt separate from the mudness because only with the pot we have the act. Do I know? What is that activity which is possible? That is a projection of the mud into a name and form. Is because similar to the rope not being understood and being seen as a snake, the snake has given rise to experience of fear and other things. So this vikara jatam, the multiplicity which is being experienced in the in the objects in the world outside is when we do not understand the reality of the 
the appearance in which it is being seen as we should immediately consider our projection of the dream is the way in which this projection has now given rise to the world so the waker is also a projection of something of some entity which we do not know so we think the waker is a reality and the waker and the dream is a projection of the waker and therefore like that sat has projected the tejas and the tejas has projected to the water and the water has given produced to the anna and all the andajam jeevajam and shweta udbijam all those projections which we are experiencing in the world this is exactly what is we have to understand sadatmana sarvam atmai babu in the form of sat all those experiences are still depending upon the substratum of sat and it is only when that sat is present we can even say anything exists so keep that understanding of this aspect of it and in the third mantra it says tasam trivrutam trivrutam ekekam karavaniti sa iyam devata astisro devata anena evo jeevano atmana anupravishya nama roopa vyakarot tasam in them or in the devatas ekekam one by one trivrutam trivrutam by triplication now here is the triplication which we have to understand that when the fire principle or the energy principle the subtle principle and the gross principle when it is there the multiplication of these three principles as permutations and combinations the grossness or the 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 rank or the the majority of one the lesser of the other two in this form when it is being we are seeing multiplicity because the predominance of one of them and the lesser denomination of the other two and the the percentage or the or the way in which it is quantified or replicated itself is into infinity in nature iti sa iyam devata this devata which is sad in the sadat sadatmika devata ima tisra devata through the way through the tejas etc of the three 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 principles anena jeevena atmana eva anupravishya by using the jeevatma anena jeevena atmana the jeevatma is the aspect it is not a separate entity or a part of the whole it is an aspect of the whole the thought and the the truth which is being now used for multiplication to become multiple names and forms into the way in which we can today we call it as the world of experience in the waking dream and the deep sleep all these experiences are nothing but that one truth 
this way if we look at it that this triplication is the fundamental when which in this upanishad it is saying but in the taittiriya upanishad it talks about quantification five times there it starts with you know tasmat akasha atmana sambuda akashad vayu vayor agni agne rapaha adya prithivi prithivya aushadayo aushadebhyo annam like that there is a stage by stage you know projections from one level to another level so this is how the taitriya upanishad talking about here in this one it started with teja as the fire principle itself because the other two principles are included into the teja so this upanishad is not categorically going into that that aspects of it because there is no direct you know names and forms multiple coming out of that the space has not become multiple names and forms the the vayu the air has not or the gas principle has not become multiple but the fire principle or frontwards which is visually visible has become multiple in nature like the sun the moon the stars the fire etc all of them are fire principles so there is a names and form multiplication really starts from the fire tasam the fourth mantra says that tasam trivrutam trivrutam ekaikam akarod yathakalu saumya imas tisro devata trisravat trivrutaya ekaika bhavati tanme vijanihi iti tasam ekaikam all from using the teja from the starting from the teja each one of them by triplication became the all world of experiences saumya oh my dear son yathatu ima tisra devatah yathatu just as how they have contriplicated in in multiplicity these three devatas ekeka trivrit trivrit bhavati they multiplicate triplicate each one of them triplicate triplicate and become multiple tad that you should understand may vijani hi iti is the way in which i am telling you you should understand that this is the way in which it is become multiple and many is the way in which the father tells the son you should learn this this is from but this your teachers have not taught you this this method in which is so eka vijnane na sarva vijnanam by knowing this principle in which the multiplication is taking place if you have understood now let us go and analyze the world of experiences and relate it and revert it back to how does it what this statement which i have told you this triplication is the effect which we are seeing as the world of objects how can we resolve that to the the before the creation sadeva saumya idam agrahasi before the creation all how did it remain as the sat is that can be understood now having understood this projection because this projection is the way in which we have to understand that it has not really become multiple objects of the world 
it is the same thing which is appearing as multiple because of the different names and forms. Now, the same fire principle, when it is being seen as sun, we call it as sun. When it is being reflected on the sun, we, moon, we call it as the moon. We, when we see it from the stars, we call it as stars. When it is in the kitchen fire or any, any fire, this fire with different colors, which will come in the next chapter, the multiple colors which we are seeing is because there is multiplicity even in the quarter, in the triplication which has taken place. This is how you will understand it. Please understand this is the way in which you have to start your thinking process. Is what the father tells the son in that thing. Now, in the fourth khanda, the, after having completed these three khandas, words the father told the triplication aspect of this thing. Now he is talking about the visual aspects of it. Yad agnehe rohitam rupam tejas tastrupam yad shuklam tadapam yad krishnam tadantya apagata agner agnitvam vajarambanam vikaro namadeyam trini rupani ityeva satyam now this is the word which you will be hearing multiple multiple times vacharambanam vigaro namadeyam that part only by depending on the names of forms vikavacharambanam vikaro namadeyam the dependency on the names and the forms is why we are having the multiplicity of the word trini rupani iti eva satyam it is the triplication effect of these three principles which has taken the multiple names like the gold taking the multiple names of different ornaments or the iron which is taken the multiple names of the nail cutter to the knife to the sword to the helmet whatever may be the armory and everything what is the names so here we are, i am going to explain you how you will you see that unity in them agnehe of the fire rohitam rupam the redness of the fire yat tat tejas swarupam tejasa rupam that redness red bright redness is the pure form of fire And whiteness, which you see in anything, there you should understand that the principle of water principle is predominant. There you will find whiteness, the Shukla Rupa. And Apam Krishnam Yat, wherever there is a gross element or the, the Apam, the, the Anannam, this Anna principle is there, the food principle or the gross principle is there, you will find the darkness or the dark color in it. So, in the fire, when you see the brightness of red color, you should know that it is predominantly fire principle. But the same fire, when it becomes brilliant white, you should understand that there is water principle in it. And when it is intermittently coming with the dark smoke and the fire, 
the dark smoke is because of the gross principle of the annam in it. This is uh, these three names and forms with is that which we are seeing that the redness, the whiteness, and the darkness. Even though they are all of the three, the fire, water, and the annam principle, this is in reality that one sat only, which has anupravishya, having the having taken into the form of these things. Nama rupe vyakaravani in became the names and forms in multiple suits. Therefore, these fire, these multiplicity which you see in there is vacharambanam vikaro namadeyam. Trini drupani eva satyam. These three are the fundamental principles which is appearing as the world of multiplicity in the in our day-to-day -day experience. This is how that fourth first chapter the first mantra is being explained now the second mantra says that edadityasya lohitam rupam tejastastrupam yat shuklam tadapam yat krishnam tadannasya apagadam adityam adityatvam vacharambanam vikaro namadeyam trini rupani eva satyam then the third mantra, which is going together with that, yes, Chandramaso Rohidam Rupam, Tat Teja Rupam, yes, Shuklam Tapatapam, yes, Krishnam Tadanesya, Apagada Chandra Chandratum, Vacharam Banam Vigaro Namadeyam, Trini Rupa Nyeva Satya. Now, and the fourth one is that he is saying that, yes, Vidyudo Rohidam Rupam, the fourth mantra. Yet Vidyuto Rohitam Rupam, Tejas Tadrupam, Yet Shuklam Tadapam, Yet Krishnam Tadanyasya, Apangada to Vidyuto Vidyutam, Vajaram Banam Vikaro Namadeyam, Trini Rupa Nyeva Satyam. Now Adityasya, the first mantra of the third, second mantra is that Adityasya, Rohitam Rupam, the red color of the Aditya, Yet Tad. Whatever it is the Tejasa Rupam is the is the is the form of that fire principle. Shuklam yet what is seen as white form, tad apam, that is of the water principle. Krishnam yet tad annasya, what is dark is of that of the annam principle. Adityat adityam apagadat. When the from the fire Aditya from the sun principle, when that Adityatum is removed, the name sun is being removed, then only we will remember Vajarambanam Vikaro Namadeyam Rittikateva Sadam Trini Triniya Satyam. The sun is a name for the same fire principle. The sunness adityatum is the attribution. The, the sunness is the name or attribution on the same fire principle because of which we call it as the sun. Same way the Chandramasa, the moon, Rohidam Rupam, the shining the nature of the, the nature of the Chandra or the moon, Tatejaso Rupam is the nature of the fire principle. Shuklam yet, 
the whiteness which you see in the moon is of the water principle the darkness were the patches which you see in the moon is of that of the annam principle here also from the moon the moonness as a name and form is when it is removed what remains is the three principles in it in their pure forms not in the name and form as what we call it as the sun or the moon same is the case in the vidyuta vidyuta means lightning the light which we see in the vidyuta or the rohitam roopam tad tejas roopam that is of the fire principle in the whiteness the, the brightness which we say shuklam tad tejo apam roopam there is water principle that is why the lightning has got more brightness white brightness it has got less of redness that red less of redness and more of whiteness is because it is having more of water principle therefore that is being bright white and there is very little where you see the krishnatvam anna is there present the grossness because it has got a matter in it so the grossness is there because of which there is a bit of darkness in it but the darkness cannot be seen because of the extreme brightness of the white principle in it from the lightning nature of that vidyuta vidyudatvam when the lightningness the name of the attribute of the lightning when it is removed from that what we have is the principles of fire water and the annam trini vacharambanam ityad iti trini roopani these three are the fundamental principles with which the sun is produced the moon is produced the lightning is produced and anything which is seen as multiple these names and forms are the reason why we feel that there are sun is different the moon is different the lightning is different when the names are removed what remains is the three principles of fire water and anna this is how that we have to resolve it we'll continue this mantras in the next class in the this detail this particular aspect of that three rupas and their names and forms i'll bring in some aspects of the sangrabhasha to make it more clear om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om thank you dhanyavad thank you bindraji i think very nice session i think uh, it's little bit overwhelming because <laughs> not only that earlier whatever they said as if that is not enough now they are even as if spoon feeding the, i think it is just making it like it, it feels like 
we are so I, at least I, I suddenly have a feeling that we are so indebted to all these teachings kind of it is so overwhelming for me actually this three especially this last three with Karna and all those things like thank you very much thank you this was a very very interesting session um, thank you for I think laying it out uh, very clearly for us so so one sequence is you know it's not just one level of projection one to the next it is like a almost like a chain so there are multiple levels of projection one leading to another you know for a seeker caught up in some point of the chain it looked like causality um, and uh, the way Shankarabhasha tried to completely uh, bring that aspect of reflected consciousness like it's an, it is not just one level of reflection it is like multiple levels of reflection one to another one to another hence it, it is not as easy to comprehend but it right away takes the whole you know chain away by saying okay this is a reflected consciousness i think that's uh, that helps a lot actually the turning point of understanding um now this awareness you know you take it at a level of jivatma jivatma says i'm aware also not that you know even with the gnana or without gnana claims i'm aware in reality it is a reflected consciousness it's a qualified awareness and it also it is also misleading because one intellectually on the path of this you know realization stuck up at maybe intellectual awareness so that is a possibility here because the big picture is not known the reflected consciousness itself is deceiving to a point that there's nothing beyond it. So is this aspect anywhere addressed that that reflected consciousness, you know, now Shankarabhasha is giving it, but Upanishad doesn't explicitly tell this. Is, where, is the, where is that aspect of tracing back? Any, any, any direction here, Bidhoji? See, <clears throat> this is where we have to appreciate the acumen and the logic and the intelligence of Shankaracharya in getting the import of the Upanishad. Because most of the Upanishad, even though they are appearing to be Sanskrit, the Sanskrit is of Vedic period. So there when they were using this you should understand these were used in a period of time where there is no way to have a dictionary to get a meaning there is no way in which you can see how it is written or you cannot even you know you cannot even refer you refer back so by training from the childhood on the brahmacharya avastha onwards when the the education takes place the teacher doesn't have to use descriptive words to convey a meaning. 
because the students are all apt and ready. Now, such a situation, we can't even imagine it today because we are all so handicapped or dependent on the instruments or methodology. Even for ordinary words, we need to refer to a dictionary to know the meaning because some words have got multiple meaning. To know the context and the meaning which we should pick up from the, for the word, we depend upon a dictionary. But imagine a period where there is, there is nothing called a dictionary at a period of time when people were using mere verbal instructions which should be conveying the in-depth meaning of it. The Upanishad mandras are very cryptic and using very archaic Sanskrit language which is not today used as a Samskritam. In fact, the word Samskritam is much later. The, the the purified aspect of that language. The archaic language is not exactly as per the today's Sanskrit which we are studying. So we need to get practice of those words and their usages to really understand what is possible meaning for that st particular statement. Thankfully for us, Shankaracharya had the training during his childhood onwards and he could, he was able to think beyond the masters who taught them that what can be the real import of the words, meanings in the Upanishad. It is not that he concocted or he twisted the words into uh, giving rise to meaning. It is there in the Upanishadic meaning. But we are not trained to see that meaning without the help of Shankara's Bhashi. And the subsequent people who refuted Shankara for the Vishishta Advaita and Dvaita and others who are refusing, they are not refuting the Upanishad because they do not know what it is. They are thinking what Shankara said is wrong in the Upanishad because they are not able to see what is there in the Upanishad. So they presume that Shankara is wrong and then they try to find out a meaning of their own. But their meaning is not directly coming from the Upanishad, but a parallel adjustment which they do with the Upanishad mantra and refuting Shankara's thing. So they are coming to a stage where they want to get a different meaning. But that meaning formation has got its own shortcoming because it conflicts with some other mantras somewhere else. That is where Shankara's, you know, acumen we are able to appreciate because never you will find a explanation of Shankaracharya contradicting any other Upanishad mantra. Whereas if you are look, looking into the other commentaries by merely refuting Shankara's aspect, they have not adhered 100% to the Upanishadic mantra. Wherever it is possible, they have taken it from the Upanishad mantras. Wherever it is convenient, they have given their own meaning. So, the beauty of Shankaracharya's Bhashya is that he quotes every now and then for his statement that 
he doesn't say it is his experience. He never says that, you know, I have experience, so you will also experience. Never in one place he has not mentioned that. He has always referred wherever he has ex given an explanation. He has quoted other Upanishads in support of this statement of the explanation of his. Because when he explains this Upanishad, you will find he is quoting from Kata Upanishad. He is you are quoting from, uh, you know, uh, the other Upanishad like Brahadarani uh, Upanishad and other things. So why is he quoting the Upanishads in support of his explanation is because he is able to see the continuity or the thread which is there in all the Upanishads, taking the only, giving only one and the one aspect is that Yekameva Dutiyam Brahma Tat Satyam Atma Tattvamasi Sveta Keto Tat Satyam, that is the truth. Tattvamasi, you are that, is what it is being told in this Upanishad. And he cannot say this because it is there in the Upanishad alone. This Upanishad alone, it is also supported by similar words in the other Upanishads. So all the Upanishads cannot be wrong. That is where Shankara's, you know, excellence comes into the picture. Totally agree with Doji. It ties everything together without, you know, losing anything. There is no contradiction at all. Uh, I think this this helps the way you put it up. It helps a lot. Thank you, Vindoji. Namaste, Charan Sparsh. Uh, thanks. Namaste, Kiran. Thanks for the beautiful uh, explanation. Sir, uh, just uh, a nitty-gritty kind of question which is kind of bothering me. In Taitri Upanishad, it starts from uh, Akashat, Vayu, Vayur, Agni, right? But here, it's it says the being is there. Uh, some say it is from being, some from non-being. And from being, it directly starts from fire. What is the, like, uh, uh, is there anything you want to explain? Why will it be covered sometime later about uh, Akasha and Vayu? Um, no, in fact, I touched upon that. Shankaracharya gives a very clear answer for that in Dabasha itself. This very same question, what you asked, has been asked in the, in the, by the Purva Pakshi, the opponent in that. For which Shankaracharya says that. Here we are talking about Nama Rupe Vyakaravani, the name and the form in which the multiplication has happened. Whereas in the Taitiriya Upanishad, it is a quantiplication or five in the five forms. In the Nama Rupa, you cannot bring the Nama Rupa at the Akasha and the Vayu level. So when he mentioned, when this Upanishad mentioned straight away the fire principle, it is inclusive of the, because the fire principle cannot come 
of its own but it is understood that the akasha and vayu are the prior to that but they do not have nama rupa vyakarvani they they do not have multiplicity in the names the space doesn't take multiple names so is the vayu vayu means not the vayu the air uh, the the gas principle so these two are not having multiple names and forms with which the upanishad principle explanation is that vacharambanam vikaro namadeyam mrtigatte vasatyam or vacharambanam vikaro namadeyam trini trigini eva satyam so for that the fire the water and the anna principle he doesn't even talk about the prithivi in fact if you look at it in the taitriya what he say akashad vayu vayor agni agne rapaha adva prithivi prithivya aushadeyo aushadevyo anna so prithivi and aushada has been not been mentioned in this in this upanishad so you can imagine that this upanishad is not getting into the details of the stages of creation but how the names and forms are dependent on the principle of the existence sadeva soumya that alone satyam sat satyam that is the truth so for that whether the akasha vayu is included or excluded has no relevance because the name and form cannot be ex- explained in using vayu and akasha that is the reason i think the bindu ji here uh, i think he directly jumps into explaining multiplicity as against taitari upanishad you know it takes a different approach that's what i i see as a difference yeah you're right see the aspect of vacharambanam vikaro namade that is the real core message which this upanishads wants us to understand all the names and forms let it be there in the world of explicit multiple usage experience and everything but the name and form has a dependency on something they cannot independently remain that is that why that the sunness when it is removed from the sun can the sun be what will be the sun like can we imagine the sun without the name or the sunness with which with the name and the form of the sun when it is not there can we imagine a sun of that nature can we remove a moon without the shape and the name of the moon can we imagine a lightning without the name and the form so the principle the idea with this upanishad wants us to concentrate is that whatever world of experience when you are experiencing can you see a reality when you do we are not sticking to the name and form let it be a food or a medicine or an experience of even whatever the names and forms you can think about it all those things are having a fundamental dependency on one aspect which is called the sat if something exists then only it can take a name and a shape whatever may be that even whether it is subtle or gross doesn't matter 
the name and the form has a dependency on an existence of something. That existence is not separate from that. That existence from where everything has started coming as multiplicity. The name and form is the reason we are feeling the multiplicity, not the existence. Okay, the existence means here Satchitananda or the Sat aspect is indivisible or you cannot fragment it or look at it in way. The moment you want to look at fragmented aspect, you will have to bring the name and the form. When the name and the form is removed, the fragmentation is gone. It becomes one and only one. That, sat, that is why Sarvam Kaluidam Brahma, in the, in the beginning I said that. That is why how the Sarvam, the multiplicity, becomes the Brahma, indeed the Brahma, by devoid of the name and the forms. But that means the names and forms are not experienced. No, you are experiencing it. But that experiencing is that like the mud alone was the pot or the gold alone is the ornaments. We have to understand that the names and forms of the world which we are experiencing is nothing but that Brahman, Satchitananda alone. But we are getting carried away by the name and the form and the qualities, adjectives of it. And that makes us the world as a multiples or multiplicity. You are not separate from that. You are also that. That is why in the end, the, the father tells the son, Even that tat is what you are also. You are not separate. When you are thinking about the whole world, you cannot separate yourself out of it because you are also a part of the name and form in the world. That is what you have to understand. Binduji, uh, I have a question. Uh, as you were speaking about name and form, and as you were speaking about, you know, the translations of Shankara, and could you like potentially weave them, weave these two ideas together, and and share your thoughts on how the translations, you know, are, are difficult across languages and across the same language across time, because the language evolves. But how does that create? How does this? Difficulty of translation creates different schools of thought, and 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 you know where there is more confusion about what is and what is not because uh, at the end it's name and form, but the names get badly translated. So could you share your thoughts on that? Thank you so much. The reason why when the language develops. The ideation or the imagination of those who are subsequently exposed to the new usage of the language are not able to step back and see from the earlier way in which it has been understood. Unless you have something ready-made available with which you can correlate with the present day. See, suppose when, when I am, even I am, when I am using this my explanation, I am changing, I am moving out of the way in which it has been written in the Sanskrit by Shankara's thing without modification or without changing the idea what he wanted to convey. 
when i am saying teja i am not using the word teja i am using the fire principle the teja the english word of our teja is to be understood as that bright or that it is not even fire fire is agni teja is different it is not agni agni has a swarupa which is called teja it is the intrinsic nature of the fire to have the teja principle in it now if you ask me to translate teja into english i will find i cannot find an equivalent word for it whereas agni i can translate it as into fire fire same way vidyut the lightning principle is not the electricity which we are talking today the today for electricity also we are using with the word vidyut but a person today is used to the word vidyut will easily think it is electricity what is being referred to no what is being referred to is the lightning and for i don't know it is whether they had the knowledge or not we also know that lightning has the largest storage or reservoir of electricity as a charge or a power in it it is not that with that knowledge but but we when we changed the electricity the name vidyut maybe if those who coined the word vidyut for electricity was able to connect between the two i don't know when that word was coined or who coined that word with the modern electricity is the same as the vidyut but in the upanishad the vidyut stands for lightning so the language when it modifies that the chances of shifting the image of the word to convey what it stands for can be misleading sometimes that is why we need to refer to something which is older to us to stick to the original meaning like shankarabash shankaras bashya and like that when we depend upon that we know that okay this is the immediate meaning from there we adapt it to the modern language even i speak when i speak in english and those who speak in other indian languages they also adapting it because the the audience should understand the language in which it is being conveyed no? so to the audience purpose there has to be adaptation without losing the intent of the original upanishad and the earliest trans translation available with us do, do you think pinduji that this explains each time the the text is translated and uh, sometimes misinterpreted or misunderstood that it leads to the creation of a new religion and 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 you know how do you yeah, see that it, yeah yes it is happening yeah, yeah. that's how that has happened in the past and that will continue to happen also yeah that is why if preserving the old you know translations are equally important those who are not satisfied with the well, the you know the recent translations or recent recent interpretation they have to fall back upon to see what how it was really translated or understood closer to the time of the upanishad is what we can think that is the way in which we need to cross verify whether the modern translations or interpretations whether they have deviated or whether they have you know done the justice to it Thank you Binduji.
Madhuji, the name and form by method itself it creates separation because it it plucks out the appearance and gives a boundary, gives an identity. So you know, knock it off, then everything there is appearance. Even the word appearance giving a name and form. So it, it's by nature it it breaks it up. You know, it is a you know khandaruti. It's just that that khandaruti is taken out. Akhanda remains. I think th that's how maybe the way to look at this. Yeah, the name and form is the reason we have multiplicity. As you rightly said, it bring, bring, you know, brings in the boundary of the size, shape, the utility, everything included in the name as a, that is why Nama Dheyam, the word Dheyam means supported. Supported by the name, Nama Dheyam is what it is that the entity is supported by the name. That entity is nothing but that original entity. But when it gets supported by a name, it assumes separatedness from that entity, the total entity. Namaste uh, Vinduji. So my question would be regarding uh, uh, the conditioning, right? So what at least in transaction level they say um, our dreams are dependent on what we think in the waking state, right? They're too much conditioned by that. And also they say the uh, uh, next life, even if it is apparent, that apparent thing comes big based on the conditioning or the things that we do in this apparent life, if, if that is a sequence that is going on, so where did the very first apparent life even arrive? I mean, what would have been the conditions there? So that that is confusing to me. Just like you are asking me, where did the first snake appear in the rope? You saw a snake on the rope, but the rope, when did it become the snake or when did the first appearance of the snake happen? The rope has never become the snake, first of all. But the experience of the snake was there, that is, you cannot deny it. 
this is because of the ignorance of the reality and there is no beginning for ignorance but there can be an end to it that is why the difference with the anadi is word is used for ignorance but it is not anandam it does it doesn't remain for it it can be nullified with the knowledge so same way the appearances of the mud as a part we always use it as a part we have no problem and duplicity everything is there but we never think it in the way in which the upanishad is asking us to think that it is nothing but the supported by the name and the form your what is known today as a part for you is in reality mud alone same way the reality is that such today we are experiencing as the world multiplicity including us whether it is the waking dream next life or many lives to come or go it is all nothing but that that in that existence if you are projecting the name and the form like birth death next life waking dream aren't they all names and forms mere names and forms take out the name and form tell me what what exists but you cannot deny that nothing exists also because experience is the that experience is the chit aspect of it knowledge in the pure form not with the name and form without the name and form your your own when your name and form is removed you still have the experience of that iness or the eastness amness or whatever way you want to call it as in your deep sleep you had it you didn't have a shape name shape body nothing but you cannot deny that you didn't experience it right you did not exist you cannot say that so all the names and forms when even when we are experiencing go ahead go enjoy the world do everything but understand that these are all only names and forms the reality is that sachidananda brahma which includes you tadutvamsi that you are that is the way you have to understand that okay uh, thanks bindaji so so uh, so it's like see even in, at this thing right so the apparent sequence of events that we are happening and uh, are you saying that we, we there is no point in even asking the question what was there in the original thing okay uh, in the in the beginning so we can't no. even answer that or no because you are you have brought in a term called the beginning as a name time as a as a name does a time as an independent thing exist without existence right so the moment you bring in a terminology called the name or that called as a time then the beginning of that word takes a meaning for you is it independent of existence can you rethink of a condition where the word beginning or time do not exist then will this question still be valid there uh, okay 
so, so uh, i always had this question on this snake the analogy of snake um the, the analogy of snake is that uh, the snake appearing and disappearing the snake represents the world itself or the assumption that the world is different from me what is that snake exactly representing even when you are experiencing the snake the experience is not of the snake experience is of a real entity called rope if the rope had not been there you will never experience a snake the snake experience is the rope experience thought as snake same way the world experience is experience of the world not realizing the fundamental aspect of the experiences are dependent on the satchidananda brahma or the sat aspect of it existence and existence and awareness or experience or consciousness are not different from it, each other the names and forms are like the snakes on the rope here the world is the names and forms this in the place of rope it is the satchidananda brahma that is why sarvam kalidam brahma becomes valid okay yeah thanks bindaji but but i had one one last question so people say that that is similar to what the shuddhaita advaitins will say the consciousness taking and taking shape of everything but uh, some people say kevala advaita says something slightly different from that that that's where my confusion was see if you think that it has become the world then what you are saying is wrong it has never become the world the rope never became a snake but the experience of the snake is because you did not know what rope was same way the world is experienced as the world because you do not know what is the sat what is your own nature if you the moment you know what is your fundamental reality or what you are without the name and the form all questions will be answered that is where the question have to be directed to not to the world outside okay yeah yeah thanks bindaji bindaji good evening uh, thank you for a great presentation again good evening uh, so how i i mean whenever things become very clear i have one clarity i want to double check so the all the scriptures are written by human beings for human nature and to understand human condition that is the only utility correct it is not written like a scientist trying to explain rocks and planets and you know what is out there correct you should not mix up between science and philosophy then you cannot have a marriage between science and philosophy science is inquiry into the world its fundamental nature in which it is 
constituted etc whereas philosophy is from the consciousness aspect of the experiential even when the scientist is doing the experiment he is not taking into consideration the observer's consciousness in the totality of the experiment it is a presumption that only a conscious entity can do an experiment in the scientific field a rock or a mountain cannot do a scientific experiment obviously they can't do it so the observer's consciousness is not given importance in the experiment the repeatability is what is being told is because the instruments are the one which is giving the repeatability when if when and if you can look at that why do science re you know replace its own findings with a better findings because each one who is looking at has got a level of consciousness with which he is looking at the same scientific investigation so what was once upon a time thought as the world is earth is flat was subsequently replaced because the better way of analyzing it which one did the analysis not the instruments the instruments were there the world was there the earth was round even then globe like but the the observer and his consciousness is the one which has changed the observation so this aspect as long as you have to understand that philosophy or the vedanta or the our approach by the rishis have been the world let it be what it is we are not worried about the world the world will continue to be the as experience but what is that to me or who am i and my relation to the world has to be first clarified for me then looking at the world will have more sense rather than keep on looking at the world without knowing who i am the one who is looking at the world unless i know what i am and when i am looking at the world why does it have an impact on me i should know myself then only the world becomes important for me otherwise looking at the world will be just like any other visual enjoyments you know a person can be taken to multiple sightseeing that doesn't change him but after all the sightseeing when he comes back home he is the old self right he has not changed seeing the world has not made him anything better that is not what the rishis have been doing it they want people to understand that first know yourself know the fundamental reality of what you are and then see whether it is there in the world also or is the world different from that then proceed from them uh, thank you bindu ji uh, just just a little um, extra i need here so uh, my question was not about science at all i don't care about that uh, my question was is the utility for human nature and understanding that and i think you beautifully answered that it's a philosophy for human beings written by humans for understanding the human condition uh therefore any attempt to use this philosophy to to prove the objects and reality of objects out there is completely fatal correct so that's um 
So I'm saying a lot of people use these philosophies and then argue about everything around us uh, and not about personal things, right? Human things. I'm saying this this makes sense if it is written by humans for humans. It doesn't make any sense from the perspective of uh, if they are objects or not. So, so planet Earth doesn't care about this Upanishada and doesn't need that. So in that way, I, I invented to clarify. So respectfully, then I can understand fully because uh, many times I get confused when people use this logic and this whole knowledge to argue, uh, to prove the rest of the world, the material world. So is that correct or, yeah. Anyways, you don't have to answer that. I think you already did. So thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I covered that in the- Yes, um, yes. Binduji, good evening. Good evening. So, so the you know this this Upanishad is basically used as basis by many others as a you know kind of way to manipulate reality also, right? In a way. So, uh, of course, that's not really that important or anything for the context that we are talking about. But uh, at a very fundamental level, if somebody became successful in manipulating the reality and then they end up quoting the sources chandogya and all that does it mean that uh, you know uh, what you say here like see then they will actually end up you know having a totally different idea about the nature of reality right and probably that also has happened uh, in the humanity is what i feel you know you should understand one thing the reality cannot be concocted or modified whatever way you want to describe it the reality has only one name and shape and form and whether it has name shape and form doesn't matter it has only one intrinsic nature how you view it and explain is based on what you are manusya buddhi pralapa that is all what it can say that the, it is the intellectual jugglery of using language or neural, uh, you know, ideologies no, no. Yeah. to project it. So that doesn't change the truth. You cannot change the reality. Even you explain it or narratives keep changing. The truth will remain the truth always. No, no, Bindoji, I'm talking about the manifest reality, the Maya part. Whatever an avivarchaniya, whatever that is called, right? Anivarchaniya. Okay. That aspect. That aspect, right? See. Now that aspect, because some people started to manipulate that reality based on the concepts given here, and then, like you know, there they then started, you know, having a totally different understanding of the nature of reality. Probably that's what my feeling is. Yeah, it is just like you know. In the space, you construct rooms or buildings, you call it as temple, school, church, mosque, or monument, or cemetery. That doesn't affect the space. 
but without the space none of them can come up but the names and forms given to the multiple utility of the space doesn't affect or contaminate or make any changes in the space so what is anirvachaniyata is depending upon what you have created in the reality and that becomes you cannot explain it so you are if you do not do the answer of the reality you think that the reality has become something else and then you start creating so that the space has become now a, a, a school or or it became a babri masjid or before babri masjid it was a temple and now it is becoming back again to a temple what different does it make the space has not changed gone through any changes we create realities to peace ourselves a peace ourselves and then we get entangled in it and this is what has been going on this is why vacharambanam vikaro namadeyam is what is being told by the upanishad you depend upon the name and the form then you are putting a what you call chain on your own you know freedom your freedom is enchained by yourself dependency on the name and the forms this is why the anirvajanita is able to grasp human mind and create problems for humanity yeah yeah i agree and uh, of course my this thing also is same now i am only saying that uh, see see my point is like you know because there is a mind which is already an affected party and the mind which gives importance to the changing reality this particular manifest reality and then you know like how for example madhurji was saying the very way of looking at reality has got so conditioned that we don't realize the effect of that conditioning when we ask questions and things like that and i just wanted to bring that out and then therefore it leads to a totally different understanding of reality definitely science uh, you know is one way of trying to understand reality but that's like a very partial view and uh, that's totally affected by the way the information is processed and things like that which is essentially dependent on the sensory aspects of the you know of our system right which is a very very subset of like you know the whole thing and uh, so in that sense like you know i feel that uh, it's a conditioning ultimately a hell lot of conditioning is there and uh, the only way is to first come out of the conditioning and for that uh, total understanding is necessary see we know you will find it in the upanishad that it is a reflection in the mind like the reflection of the sun in the water or any other places and subsequent movement of the sun in the reflection cannot be attributed to the sun same way the mind subsequently projecting anything having narrations or conditions or explanations doesn't change the fundamental reality because without that reflection in the mind the mind becomes no mind the mind becomes non functional but at the same time when the mind is not functioning also the presence or the existence of that cannot be denied so mind may be used as a tool as an instrument but the dependency on the mind will 
make you dependent on the potency of the mind if the mind is capable of doing good <laughs> thing conditions you will become based on the what the mind can do if the mind is notorious you will become notorious so basically you are saying that uh, there no need to improve the mind by removing the conditioning <laughs> know the mind that it is only an instrument like know your hand or the eyes or the ears have potential yeah, to I do only that much don't go don't take it beyond that i think it is much faster and easier actually <laughs> namaste bindu ji namaste deep so bindu ji one just fundamental question i have is that so let's say space we talk about space if we talk about space is space and space with objects whether you want to put objects within quotes in it are those two the same thing or are they different depends upon what way you want to describe it the space is the basic support for itself and for anything which comes up in it without that nothing can come up therefore it is prerequisite for its own existence and existence of other things we objects what you call within the quotes can come up inside that so are they two different thing it's our idea that objects are coming inside the space the object also needs space for its own existence without existence the object also cannot exist not only it utilizes space for its own very existence the space is required otherwise it cannot exist yeah i mean the way i tend to see it is that the object is like a contrast to the space right imagine just space without any objects non that is completely undifferentiated there is nobody to nobody can perceive space that is undifferentiated then there is nobody to perceive it whereas the existence of an object in space suddenly brings that space makes that space real when there is nothing in that space that space itself it is meaningless to call it space or anything what i mean is that if the upanishad if the aim of the upanishad is to assuming that to give knowledge like here in shweta ketu does not have this knowledge right and so then he gets this knowledge so that is what the so now if there is only space then there is no shweta ketu to get any knowledge you see the thing is then there is nobody to apprehend and nothing that can be apprehended ever so then the whole question falls flat now at the end of it you might 
you come to the conclusion that you know the basic nature of shweta ketu or the basic nature of the object and the basic nature of the space is the same right but until there is a contrast to start with there is um really no knowledge to be had no journey no thing so i'm just saying that you know i was talking to people and just you know this is this is a concept in actually a lot in daoist and zen art the idea is not the art is not so much about what you're drawing but about how you use the empty space but unless if there is nothing in the empty space obviously it won't be a piece of art right but there must be something in the empty space that will create art and i think that is the very nature of our sort of life or creation and that is the significance of it which is why it is the same and yet it's different and that's how i see it imagine your example of the space and the contrast a car or a bus in the the space is the contrast when the car and the bus moves in the space we presume the space inside the car and the bus is moving it is not it is our presumption that the contrast car in the space is appearing and the movement of the car is moving the space the space doesn't move it is our notion that the space inside the car is moving along with the car it is not really the same the space is wherever the car goes the space will be there even if the car doesn't exist the space will be there so we created a contrast and then attribute that contrast being created is what is giving rise to the separation from the space no it cannot really separate it that is what upanishad says that is my point right that the it is giving the the appearance the appearance of movement is it is creating an appearance and my fundamental idea is that until unless an appearance is created that it has to be the fundamental condition for knowledge to occur because then if an appearance is not created then self knowledge is not possible first the first condition is that appearance must happen that is what i'm trying here, to share deep you are forgetting one thing the space and the contrast coming the space is observed by the third party you or the observer look from the point of the space you be the space not the observer the space and the contrast same way the self knowledge which we are talking about is already there in you but the contrast that i am an individual entity 
is the reason why the separation is being felt. That appearance of the individuality is what is being negated by the Upanishad when it says Tattvamasishyajakepo. To look from the point of view of the Absolute, which is the very intrinsic nature of each and everything, not only human beings, everything in the world, which is now being seen as multiplicity with the usage of names and forms. Sans the names and forms, or when you remove the names and forms, what remains is that absolute reality. This is where that looking to the multiplicity from the absolute point will make it clear and very, very, what you call, earth-shattering type of an experience. Unless you go through that or unless you shift your identity to that from the individuality, you can never experience that. The shift is the most important aspect of it. And for that, for that only the Upanishad is helping us. And that is what is called the self-knowledge. No, I understand. All I am, what I am trying to say is that can one have a perspective of the absolute without being the absolute you can never be right. without being you are the being all the time exactly right so, but then yeah. if if yeah. there is an ignorant person you tell them that imagine yourself to be in the place of the absolute suppose right you cannot you cannot imagine because he exactly. doesn't know what is absolute exactly exactly right you cannot so, imagine that is all i'm saying that Unless that condition is present, there is no knowledge of the self. That is the first condition. Ignorance is the first condition for knowledge. Otherwise, there is no meaning to knowledge. What, no, Deep, you should understand. Ignorance is what is to be removed for you to know that. I understand that. The ign- saying, yeah, yeah. I am saying that if if knowledge is the last step, that you can't get on the last step unless there is a first step. And if you go to the last step, that does not, then you say that there was never any first step. Then it becomes a... Because there is only one antidote for ignorance. Knowledge. No other thing can remove ignorance other than knowledge. Right? You should understand I understand. But anyway, I understand what you are saying, but I think it's okay. It's fine. Thank you. Okay, I'll take leave. Thank you all. We'll meet again on Friday. Good night. Thank you, Binduji. Good night. Thank you, Binduji.